those are the type of things that create a little bit of thrill, a little bit of excitement and get you both thinking outside of the just the intimacy you share, but more of that physical, sexual intimacy as well. Who's going to make who blush more? And well, yeah, we're both so pale. We're probably both going to blush just as much. Quite, but you have more hair, so they see my blushing more because it goes to the top of my head. This is also true. So that's Which, part That's of why it. you wear your baseball cap so much. Well, yeah, exactly. If you, if you weren't just being so sexy and playful in your communication, I wouldn't be blushing all the uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. You see what he did there, guys? Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the next thing, too, is to be able to build some Antissa... Say it! Patient! All right. So, um... You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. So we're here again with the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Brian Harvey here with my amazing wife, Jen. Woohoo! Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so, sweetheart, we've got another one of these random questions for you for our podcast. Are we ready? Because this is for the whole podcast episode. Am I right? This is for the whole podcast episode here. So this is so this is me asking you a question, not like our anniversary where we had other people's questions. This is my question for you. Oh, okay, here we go. How do you define intimacy? All right. So I would say that intimacy has to do with being very close to a person. Doesn't have to be sex, guys. So that's that's not where I'm going with this, but it's being very close with a, a, a person. I, I think a lot of that has to do with emotions and being able to be more of, of yourself and be more honest with another person and to understand that you can trust them to, to share personal things about yourself that you wouldn't just share with anybody else and that there would be that trust to do so that the person wouldn't go around, you know, making fun of you or telling other people what your secrets are. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel in a lot of ways, so intimacy often gets confused with sex. Or it's almost used as like a euphemism for that. Right, right. right. And we, we talk about that at, at the um, conference and stuff. I, I don't like the um, language, when was last time you were intimate to refer to the when was last time you had sex? Because there's intimacy is more than that. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a very different kind of thing. I know we've talked about this before. Like a lot of times you're going through a uh, department store and then there's going to be like the intimacy apparel, apparel right? <laughs> and I, I what I always think is ridiculous about that is like I might be out to breakfast with one of my closest friends and it's like we're sharing really like intimate things about you know, each other's lives. And it's like, we're not wearing underwear. It's like, I'm wearing like this really- Well, wait a minute. You are wearing jeans. underwear though, right? Well, underwear under my like big okay. sw- bulky <laughs> sweater and jeans because, you know, it, it, it's chilly in Michigan at, at the time that we're uh, talking about this right now. But well, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's like the intimate apparel, but you know, that's that's not just all there well, is Well, it's funny to though, it. you bringing that up because even the intimate apparel section of the store isn't all sexy. Sure. You know, like the whatever cotton, what normal underwear is in the intimate apparel section. But it's not, not not exactly that part of it. But I, I, I hear what you're saying I mean, about it, that. Yeah, yeah, it's just so I think intimacy, like many things, is probably a spectrum or a scale. Right. Because sure. certainly the intimacy you share with your best friends, Barb and Lisa, is obviously different from the intimacy we share but when I'm referring to the intimacy, better be. 
Oh, for sure. But even when the, I'm referring to the intimacy we share, I'm not yeah. referring to our sexual relationship necessary. It's just the closeness we have. It's different. Oh, you absolutely. Know? And even the intimacy you share with Barb is different from the intimacy you share with Lisa. But it's that closeness. It's that sense. So like we said, um, intimacy and sex are not the same thing. They're related in marriage. There, There's a connection there and there's an important mm-hmm. connection, but it's not the same thing. And healthy people have intimate relationships that are not necessarily with their spouse. They have right the intimate friendships. friendships. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's healthy, and that's really what it it should be. But the intimacy in these relationships, these friendships, should not exceed the intimacy that you have with your spouse. But it's still true intimacy. And again, there's sexuality in that relationship with your spouse, but not sexuality in that relationship uh, that you have with your friends. Absolutely. There's that. Now, at the same time, though, it is possible to have an intimate marriage that is sexless. Mm -hmm. And that's I want to talk about that a little bit today, because there's a couple things here. So first of all, I want to talk very briefly if there's something in a relationship that prevents sex. I mean, for instance, many times during pregnancy, it's going to get to the point where maybe sex is off the table for a while, but you can still be intimate. Or postpartum, there's a period of time when moms have to heal from the From birth, from by the doctor's trauma. order, absolutely. <laughs> and so you, you still have an intimate relationship, but also there could be things of different diseases. You know, someone who's suffered from cancer that no longer is physically capable of having sex. Sure. Think of things as well of people who have had injuries that cause parts of their body to not function the way they normally would Mm -hmm. in a car accident or veterans who have been hurt in um, IED explosion stuff. They can still have intimate marriages, but they're not going to be expressing it sexually the same way they would pre but before the pre-accident exactly yeah. and so that's true and if you find yourself in a situation where because of injury um disease um different things where sex is no longer going to be able to be a normal part of your marriage that doesn't mean your intimacy is ruined and i want you to know that you guys will and can continue to have a thriving marriage and we're excited for you for how you're going to learn to live your relationship differently. That's not the sexless intimacy I want to talk about today, though. Okay. Because there are situations, and it was interesting, I was reading an article about this, and it um, got me thinking about it, is you can be close with your spouse and still not have sex. Mm -hmm. And you can still have this close naked and unashamed relationship and it can still fall into the roommate experience of we live together we share everything there's no hidden thought there's still intimacy but it's possible to be intimate in your marriage and not have sex Mm -hmm. and that's not where we want your marriage to be that's not the healthiest form of marriage because sex is important to marriage. Yeah, it, it bonds you together in a way that nothing else can. And it's 
an expression that is really exclusive to marriage. So I, I would say if you're missing out on that for not the reasons we just talked about, it, my question would be, why is that? Because we want more for you than what right. you're experiencing. And the the Bible talks about this, uh, Proverbs chapter 5, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in your young wife, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you at all times. May you be captivated by her love always. And that's a very sexual passage. And it's encouraging sex and sensuality and sexuality in marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's quite blunt. It's blunt. It's beautiful. One of those erotic poems. It's like now people are just saying, I didn't know I liked the Bible. I like the (laughs) Bible a whole lot. I'm going to pick this up and start reading it. Yeah. And in 1 Corinthians, um, in chapter 7, it says, a husband should give to his wife her sexual rights. Yes! And, oh, wait, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to be like. <laughs> and likewise, I, I, I'm, I'm good with you being that excited about it. Um, <laughs> and likewise, a wife to her husband. It is not the wife who has the rights to her own body, but the husband. In the same way, it is not the husband who has the rights to his own body, but the wife. It's interesting to me in our culture, and I, I can't speak with certitude to what it was like for Paul. But it's interesting that you wouldn't expect, if this was being written today, for the first thing to be a husband should give his wife her sexual rights. Come on, Paul. So many people, and this is just a misunderstanding of the Bible and a misunderstanding of Christianity and what God teaches about sex. They think that, oh, we've got to remind women to be sexual towards their husbands. Paul, the first people he goes after are the husbands. And isn't that interesting, (laughs) right? Yeah. Just that stood out to me really for the first time when I was working on this outline for the podcast. Like, it's interesting to me that, hey, Paul is talking to husbands first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it is specifically gendered the way that Paul uh, wrote that. And, and, and as you guys are, are taking a look at that, that is 1 Corinthians 7. It's possible to have an intimate relationship and there not be sex. Mm-hmm. Clearly, from scripture and experience, that's not the way marriage is intended to be. And so I'd like to talk a little bit of this with this episode about some ideas. If you find yourself in that place where you are intimate. It's not like your connection is on the rocks. You're, it's not like there's a crisis in your marriage. Because oftentimes when we talk about this on the podcast and everything, there's underlying issues of intimacy that are leading to sexless marriage. In this case, we want to talk about, hey, there's really not an underlying issue. It's just for some reason, sex has been put on the table. Maybe it's just busyness whatever it is, you've lost that thrill, the sensuality, and but you've still got that intimacy. How do you bring back that thrill, that sensuality to your relationship? Because that's an important part of your relationship too. And how do you prioritize that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so a couple ideas we want to share with you. And the first is playful communication. Oh yeah. I think that, and I think that that's fun anyway, but that, that can incite more of that uh, playfulness and uh, leading along the way to more of that uh, physical sexual contact, that kind of physical intimacy there. So some of that has to do, of course, with flirting with each other. And I think that's adorable because I, I, I think, unfortunately, people can can walk away from that just as as life hits harder for you, where it's just I, I'm not I'm not having to keep this 
I'm not I'm not having to maintain this relationship because we're married, but it's like, no, marriage should really be the big starting line for something like that, because you want to make sure that you're fostering that relationship and you're being playful and you're being flirty like you would never be with anybody else, because that flirting is within that um, romantic relationship that you have as a married couple. I think when you talk about that, I think of um, Jimmy Evans from Exo Marriage, who we've read some of their stuff. They're just a great ministry. In the four laws of love, he talks about the law of pursuit. Yes. And I think that kind of goes in with that. I think we flirt in dating relationships or when you're trying to meet someone, there's that pursuit aspect of it. You're trying to entice that person to a mm-hmm. relationship that, you know, God willing, it's the right person. Things work out that becomes the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's one of those you can't treat it as mission accomplished when you say I do at the altar. Right. That pursuit has to keep going. I think also complementing each other sexually. Yes. You know, oh, kind of te- maybe some teasing or, uh, you know, to, to, to an extent, just be, being more um, silly. And I, I guess complimenting sexually and flirty, it, it's, it can be the same thing, but not necessarily. But just, you know, co- complimenting somebody's um, eyes and it's like, your butt looks good today. Well, hopefully it looks good every day. I'm, I'm talking Yours to you guys who are day. listeners. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, also, I mean, complimenting sexually on physical features that you wouldn't necessarily say in public. Sure. You know, talk, I mean, again, oh my goodness. I but, mean, okay. Proverbs says, may her breasts be satisfy you at all times. It's okay to compliment her on those. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I mean, those things about it. And then also complimenting on sexual acts. It's not just the physic, like physical features, but I really like this. Oh, that was really good. Complimenting on those things and discussing that, that's another way to, I mean, if you compliment your spouse on something they did that you really enjoyed the last time you had sex, they're going to want to do that more often and do that again. There you go. And you're going to be getting excited about it because you're thinking about it. Yes. And then again, the playfulness, the silliness, the double entendres. Oh, you know, dear. kind of those those offhanded, whispered in the ear, under your breath kind of comments that you're it's a secret just between the two of you. You're kind of out and something happened and then, oh, yeah. And you but those are the type of things that create a little bit of thrill, a little bit of excitement and get you both thinking outside of the just the intimacy you share, but more of that physical, sexual intimacy as well. Who's going to make who blush more? And well, yeah, we're both so pale. We're probably both going to blush just as much. Quite, but you have lot. more hair, so they see my blushing more because it goes to the top of my head. This is also true. So that's Which, part. That's of it. why you wear your baseball cap so much. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you, if you weren't just being so sexy and playful in your communication, I wouldn't be blushing all the uh-huh. time. Uh huh. You see what he did there, guys? Okay. <laughs> uh, then the next thing too is to be able to build some antissa. Say it. Patient. All right. So, um. An example of that is you a spouse could proposition sex early in the day, or it could be on a certain day that's going to happen uh, later on in the week, and that's something that can be planned. And Brian and I had had spoke at a, a marriage conference, and we had a uh, a very well known pastor. Brian had I, I think read a book or two of his mm-hmm. while he was in uh, seminary, but the guy in speaking about marriage, just made an offhanded comment about don't schedule sex. Scheduling sex, that's just not sexy at all. And then he just kind of kept going. Scheduled sex is sexy. 
So there you go. And, and the reason that, that we're saying that is sometimes we do encounter couples where, you know, they have really little kids and, you know, things are just kind of hitting all at once and all kinds of crazy stuff with uh, children. And if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't happen. So it's super sexy when it happens. So if you got to schedule it, please go ahead and do that. But also if you... Best appointment on the calendar. Always the best you. appointment on the calendar. That's right. But I, I think that that's always a, a good thing to do to be able to to build that anticipation. So there we go. Um, as to as to that musical theater friends, you know what I'm talking about. And um, the next thing, and I, I, I love this, you know, as Brian's putting together outlines and things, be sexy. And now I'm thinking, you know, right said Fred, you know, that... Uh, do sexy. Sorry. Right. But yeah, be sexy. LMFAO, I'm sexy and I know it. I work out. Even better during Madonna adding uh, them to her Super Bowl gig. So there we go. But sexy lingerie, I think you you had mentioned that as, as a possibility for, for couples who enjoy that kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, dressing, enticing, it tends to be more true for guys than women. But women liked guys. If you would like your wife to be wearing something silky or lacy or things like that, and that's going to be something that's going to be enticing, don't go around wearing your boxers with the hole in the butt. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> guys. I just, if you're oh, gonna... man, I'm ready to like take men shopping so that we can, you know, just help them out a little bit here, Brian. But yeah, I think both of you should be thinking about what is sexy. And if you don't know what your spouse thinks you look sexy in, ask them. That's going to be a fun conversation that's going to lead to something whether you go out shopping or not. Very true. That is very, very true. So we were talking about lingerie, evening attire, sexy touches. Well, no, I want to go back to the evening oh, okay. attire. I don't think you understood what I meant there. Maybe evening, I didn't. Go ahead. No, I think evening attire is like if you're going out on a nice date, Jen has said this many times, ladies, does your husband look good in a suit or a tuxedo? What are you thinking when you see him standing in the doorway in a well-cut suit? Sure. I'll tell you right now, ladies, your husbands, seeing you in a nice evening gown, cocktail dress, that is exciting. So, so cool. plan a date. I mean, one of the things that the military does here in Michigan, we have a regular military ball where I have to wear my mess dress uniform and Jen has an evening gown that she wears. And let me tell you, she looks hot every year when she's wearing that evening gown. Well, thanks, That's... babe, because a mess dress uniform, nothing messy about that. That's all like polished, put together. looks really good. My honey looks handsome. So that it's not just sexy bedtime attire, but planning an event where you can dress up, dress to the nines and go out to dinner and stuff. That kind of clothing will all is also sexy. Sure. You know, we think of sexiness as how much skin is showing, but sometimes you're sexy, not showing very much skin at all. Mm hmm. Copy to parents who have uh, kids who are going to prom. But that's another thing. Oh. Um, so anyway, we, we're also talking about the concept of sexy touching. So this is kissing, nibbling and caressing. My goodness. Absolutely. But I mean, touch each other in ways that is sexy. Now, obviously, there's time and place, mm -hmm. you know, but even like sneaking up behind your spouse and kissing them on the neck or nibbling on their earlobe or things like that, those things will arouse both of you. And that's going to lead to more opportunities for 
sexuality and sexual intimacy. And sexual expression. Thank you. Yes, sexual expression. This is part of the relationship and part of building that. Sometimes couples say, I don't understand why our sexual relationship isn't what it should be. We are best friends. I mean, we tell each other everything. Well, that is wonderful and don't give that up. But you need to sometimes focus on the sexual aspect of your intimacy and your sexual communication as well. That intimacy that you already have is going to make it easier and more fulfilling when you learn how to communicate and build that sexual expression in your marriage as well. Intimacy is essential to a healthy sex life, but it will not always lead to a healthy sex life. You need to focus on the passion and excitement of your sexual relationship as well as being close outside the bedroom. If you find yourself in a strong relationship but the sex is lacking, communicate playfully, build anticipation, and be sexy. Thank you very much for listening to the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. If you did enjoy this episode, please uh, like and share this episode and rate and review it. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to operationthrivingmarriage.com. That's operationthrivingmarriage.com.